Keep yawning, so I keep yawning. I Stop it! I can't help it, man. Quit it! It's killing me. Um, how do like, I don't even feel like yawning. There's nothing about me that's like I want to yawn right now. But then you do it, and then it just I'm infected, dude. So I get my wisdom teeth out on Monday. Uh, why didn't you get them out sooner? Because I don't need to. You don't need to. Like some people go their whole life with keeping them in. But didn't you say that you're doing it because they're now in a bad place? So maybe you should have gotten them sooner. No. They're not in a bad place. They're just really annoying to clean. So I have like these really deep pockets behind them where like the only way to clean them is if I get like a, a water pick, a little jet thing and like spray back in there. You said they were compacted though or something, right? Um, yeah, that's just the term that's used for when they're like not fully like out of the gum. They're like recessed into the gum a little bit. But most people who have their wisdom teeth into their 20s and 30s and adult life um, have like half or a little bit of that wisdom tooth like still kind of inside the gum, not fully protruding. I want to steal your thunder, but did you know I had five wisdom teeth? You had five? Man, you're a smart man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the joke. But the problem is they charge per tooth. So they, I had to pay, well, not me, my parents did it. So they had to pay extra for the extra tooth. Well, that's cheap. (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, so Lauren and her siblings don't have any wisdom teeth. They were born without them. Idiots. That's <laughs> the joke you have to make. But. Her, both, of her, well, both of her parents have them, but then they didn't. So I, it's kind of cool to think like they're like the first step of the, like the next evolution oh, of humans. Yeah. Darwin would have something to say about this. But, yeah. So you, okay, are you prepared mentally for to have that done? Because you're going to be like a chipmunk for a week. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not super, I'm prepared to do it on Monday, but like I'm nervous about like the, I, I have a high pain tolerance, but I have a very low uncomfortability tolerance. So like, what does that mean? So I can, I can, I can withstand a lot of pain and short bursts, but if I'm like, like uncomfortable for a long period of time, then I hate it. And so it's like, I don't know if I have a toothache, it hurts, but if like I get smacked in the face, like it doesn't bother me. <laughs> That's fine. You can punch me. Just, yeah, don't hurt my tooth. So I'm just, I'm nervous, but like I haven't, I, so I've been to the dentist four, three times in the last week and a half. Um, first time was an hour and a half x-rays and just kind of like, you know, seeing everything in there. The second uh, week, so that was Thursday. And then um, this Monday I had to go in and get the left side of my mouth totally cleaned. So they put eight shots uh, of numbing into my gums and then just cleaned it with like a drill almost. I don't know what it's called. They call it like a supersonic or megasonic. I don't know. It's like a deep clean thing. Yeah, it was a deep, it was a deep clean. Um, and then I went on, I went in yesterday and I got the right side done. And then on Monday I go back to get my wisdom teeth out. So it's just a lot of dental work all in like a short amount of time. And I, I'm su- I was supposed to feel pain when my gums were recovering from those deep cleans, but I didn't. I, I felt fine. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that when I get my wisdom teeth removed, I won't feel much pain afterwards. Do you know what you're going to eat when you're a chipmunk for a week? No. Nope. that planned out? I don't. I know I know. it's pretty much like, you know, pudding and ice cream and like you can't like use a straw or suck on anything. Yeah, I did lots of um, instant mashed potatoes where it's not even a real potato. I don't know what it is. It's like flaky stuff. And then oh, you, yeah. you whip it up. 
mm -hmm. was good. Yeah. I don't know. So, I recommend. Probably a lot of ice cream, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> ice cream for a week. Well, I remember when like my classmates like in sixth grade were getting their wisdom teeth out. Like sixth grade. Seventh Nobody's grade. doing it that. Yeah, seventh and eighth no. grade. I feel like people were getting their wisdom teeth out then. In middle school? Yeah, late middle school. No, it's got to be a high school thing, right? I don't know. Let's look at when wisdom teeth uh, grow in. When do people's wisdom teeth grow in? 17 and 25. Oh, well, okay. High school. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, dude, I have never had to deal with this. So yeah, no, 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 no. It's fair. It's fair. It's fair. So, I think I know some, I've known people who got it done in college too. So that, uh, that makes well, sense. Well, so um, yeah, it, it was cool because like all the high school, like, People when in high school, they're like, yeah, I just stayed home and ate ice cream. Like, that sounds awesome. I want my wisdom teeth removed. <laughs> but I've never had to had to do it. Still don't. I still don't technically need to. I want to now. Yeah, that's good. That'll be good to have done. Yeah. So um you know what else is very similar to pulling teeth? What's that? Um, trying to figure out whether you should write for a publication or write for yourself. It's a brilliant transition. Thank you. Thank you. Well, okay, so it, um, listener, this is the topic of our podcast today, as you probably read by the title but when you clicked on this. But a couple, episodes, a couple episodes ago, Cody and I had a podcast episode that we really wanted to do called basically how to get published in an industry or niche magazine to get more clients. Well, if you are a content writer to any capacity, whether you do it for yourself or whether you do it for somebody else, there comes the question of, should I write this for my own website and my own ranking or my own my own audience? Or should I write this for a publication and give it to them? Because once you give it to them and you write it for them, it's their property. And um, you can't technically, unless they say you can, you can't also put it on your site. Sometimes they'll give you a pass if you uh, say like, I'll, I'll put this on my site, but the canonical URL will be your site. And it'll also like, you know, reference your site, but that's just getting into a whole mess. Um, yeah, if, they even do, if, he, if they're even that sophisticated, sometimes yeah. you don't even know. You say canonical URL and they're just like, what? Hey. Yeah, they, yeah. Say, they say no. Okay, never mind. Take your article back. <laughs> um, but the question, we ask ourselves a qu this question a lot. And there, there's sometimes you, you've suggested writing something and I'm like, I think that should be in a magazine. I don't think that should go on our site mm -hmm. um, and vice versa. So we've kind of created a way to categorize our... Uh, are the stuff we write into whether this should go in somebody else's audience or this should just this should face ours um so uh i'll let cody i'll let you kind of talk about the ones that should stay like on our side of the fence and the ones that yep. like we kind of do um, um publish on our site basically yeah i think if you you could simplify this down into pretty much one one explanation and it's the things that you write for your safe for your for your safe for yourself, generally speaking, should be written to rank, like for the purpose of getting organic traffic. Whereas the things that you write for somebody else and a different audience, that's written intentionally for that audience. Now there is an exception, and I, I think it just becomes how established you are and how much of an audience you already have. But let's say you're new, I, I really don't think you should be wasting time writing things that aren't, like don't, don't sink, you know, 3000 words into something that is amazing for an established audience, but not one if nobody's going to find it. And if you have a brand new website that's not getting any traffic, then they're not right. So don't waste your time doing that. Granted, if you are established, you do have clients, 
You have many of them, they're asking the same questions. You want to be able to answer them in a way that's just easily referenceable. So those are good topics that you can write uh, your own article about and put it on your own website. That way you can have them reference. And if your clients are asking it, then prospects are probably asking the same questions too. So that's a good example. But you know, I don't know. People decide to do their keyword research different ways now. For me, I guess I'm pretty, I don't know if this is even traditional, but it's you fire up the keyword planner, you dig around, you find what the general volume is for a topic that you want to discuss. You do some actual searching to see what the other articles are that are ranking. And then, you know, you you start writing pause. based on that. I'm going to pause for a second because you said keyword planner. And just by being in all of the digital marketing groups that I'm in, all the SEO groups, like I guarantee you almost nobody uses the keyword planner. Everybody uses like Hrefs or like some other paid SEO software. Get out. Seriously. Every time someone's like, what's the best keyword tool? I'm always like keyword planner. And then every, I, or search console. And everyone's like Hrefs or like SpyFu or whatever. I'm just like, guys. I was about to turn this into an R-rated podcast. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. Yeah, like, everybody like, like you think of like, you think of anything to research SEO or paid ads or or whatever, and the first thing people do is they turn to paid tools. Why? I Here's what I think. Honestly, this is what I think a lot of it is. And this is why I think it's important to learn how to do things first. I think you need to learn how to do things manually. I hate to be this guy now because I feel like uh, a math teacher who's like, you have to know <laughs> how to do the math before you use the calculator. You got to write it out before you can use this. You're never going to have a calculator in your pocket. Yeah. Yeah, but but really though, if if you're doing SEO and you claim to be good at it, you should know how to do the things without the tools, and then you learn to use the tools because they can be quicker. That's what I think. If you're going to use Ahrefs or you're going to use what Semrush, I think that's the other one that people love. Yeah. Um, then do it because you're you know cutting down on time. But if you don't know how to do what you need to do without those tools, you're handicapped hardcore. And really, I just, I don't know. I found this was, okay. So it's also a money sink. Like, like, like oh, we, yeah, yeah. go back to our first episode of what you actually need to to do to start an agency. And like, if you're already paying for software tools and your capital expenses can't justify it because you don't have the client volume to pay for those SEO tools, they're not going to help you sell more clients or keep clients. You already suck at your job. Like, do it without the tools first. I think about this with, uh, let's see, it's bidding and budget optimization tools. Right. The Aquizios, the Kenshu, the Marins. Uh, when I went out for we were working, went to the next agency, they weren't using anything. And we researched it. And I was I was shook at first because I didn't I couldn't believe it. Like you guys are manually doing all of this. And when you actually do a good job of doing it manually, yeah, it's not that big of a difference. You don't see the performance changes necessary to especially now, because I think we move far enough into the different AI bidding strategies and that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. After that, that shook me a bit at first because I realized, okay, so actually a lot of these things aren't that great and you should know how to do it anyway. And if you don't, uh, I don't know how to phrase it, grow up. <laughs> Is that the way? I don't know. Maybe that's too Put many. your big boy pants um, on. Listen to but, episode 25. I think it's episode 25. Whichever yeah. one is about, you know, digital marketers are lazy and they don't like to do the deep dives. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I do. I use the I use the keyword planner. And that's I think using that's a baseline. That's yeah. Anybody can use that as long as you're spending enough money with Google Ads to get decent numbers, which is like 100 bucks or something last I checked. Um, but also 
you do eventually just get an intuitive intuitive sense of what can rank or what you need to rank. Same thing with when I build out ad campaigns now, I don't do keyword research. If it's something I, I okay, but that's not true. I do it when it's something that I'm completely new to. But if it's, you know, local lead gen, at this point, I've been doing this long enough that I know what the best keywords, you know, the best combinations are going to be for us to get the right kind of traffic. And that's just, you know, experience built up over time. But I don't even look up keywords. Like when I do, like when I do, um, when I write stuff for our website, I don't look up keywords anymore because it's not relevant to me because I am so in the community every single day um, in Facebook groups, in uh, online site, just like in the forums in general. Um, also taking like feeling sales calls. I already know what people are asking. I don't have to turn to Google because I, I always have the rule and I'm, I'm going to bring this up in the, in the podcast a lot, but if um, one person is thinking it or one person says it, a thousand people are thinking it and a thousand people are saying it. Mm-hmm. So if you start to see um, a question, just be asked twice in two different settings um, or, you know, I'm going to coin this a serial killer question or a serial question. So the definition oh. of a serial killer is three separate murders on three separate occasions. So a serial question is going to be three separate questions on or three questions on three separate occasions, same question. Um, I'm coining that, I'm gonna trademark that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you see three, you gotta write an article about it because other people are asking about it. If they're not searching about, if they're not searching it, it's gonna be asked in a forum or like a, a Facebook group or something. And then all you gotta do, paste a link and say, hey, here's your answer to this question. And this, this is going back to like episode six, but here, here's, a, here's the answer to the question. It's not a sales pitch but you will see my name associated with this, the, the link to this article or the link to this question being answered. Um, and, uh, but yeah, that's, I think that's the, the thing that I do is like, I don't even have to look at um, Search Console or Bing Webmasters tools, which is a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah, I don't, but I think that's also just how long we've been doing this. I think if you're brand new and you don't know what you're doing yet, because I was talking about this uh, with the minions and just saying that, I realized that I need to teach you some things in the most fundamental ways because you have to go through the process and, and learn and realize why it's done this way. And until you get the muscle memory from it, you won't, you know, you have to go through it in order to develop those skills and get that understanding. So, but, 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 big but. Seriously, don't, don't, if you don't know how to, yeah, here's the truth. If you don't know how to rank something without, SEMrush without hrefs without just okay i have an idea i want to rank it for free through a combination of research in the keyword planner doing normal research in google using google search operators to see what else is out there um search console. Search, yeah yeah search console to see what types of things you're getting queries for that maybe aren't related but they could be you know if you don't know how to do that you gotta learn that first and then go if you want use the paid tools uh to help yourself out but yeah. anyway, that was offshoot. That was a, that was about. a big offshoot, but it was a very important offshoot because uh, we were talking about um, when to write for yourself, and the primarily to write for yourself was when you have an opportunity to rank for something that's going to drive your clients to your site. Um, yeah, just by virtue of searching. Um, the other the other thing that I do, obviously, I just I just mentioned this, but if I see a question being um, you know reoccurring in groups or out there in the wild, then I write a blog post about it. Um, another thing that we do, the, I guess like the third thing is, um, there's two more things. The third thing is if there is like a company update, for instance, so you used to do these like yearly reviews 
of just the company. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, yeah. the other thing we do is um, metrics reviews. So we review the, the status of um, some organic metrics with um, a lot of paid metrics for like PPC. And we create this blog post. So like um, a couple of months ago, we just finished the 2021 review, you know, 12 months late. Um, and it was just an accumulation of, hey, hey, here's what we're seeing on average in the landscaping and lawn care industry for click-through rates and conversion rates and things like that. And ultimately, that's that's never going to be something that is uh, that people really look for. Like the volume for like landscaping industry benchmarks is so low. But if you share it, um, that's the thing that can kind of consistently get shared. And because it's our data, we want to keep it. We don't want someone else to publish it. Um, we want people to link to it when referencing that. So instead of be- being for our audience, it's more of like um, it's more of like an authoritative thing to to grab links from. Uh, people want people want that. I know like um, WordStream, they do like their industry benchmarks thing every year, and mm-hmm. it's just not great <laughs> because it's so generic <laughs> and broad. Like our like they have like home and garden services instead of landscaping, and our landscaping metrics crush their home and garden service metrics. Well, but yeah, I mean, you flip it and you realize though that how could they make it? You're you're trying to give answers to an impossible question. You're like, oh, what are the benchmarks for this? And already benchmarks are in many ways pretty worthless because they're so contextual. They depend on so many things. Um, so even when we write it, we give it with the disclaimers that these are our numbers. Right. They they are influenced by the way that we do things and stuff. Yeah, even like so it's, cost per acquisition. It's like, what? Are you, well, okay, what are you counting as an acquisition then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's a lead? How do you define it? What's included? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then, I don't know, just so many variables impact that sort of stuff so that when people, if they're trying to measure up, I don't know, I hate that. It makes me mad when people are like, oh, I'm not doing good compared to blah, blah, blah. I'm like, how good are you doing compared to yourself? Stop it. <laughs> Like you, you have your own goals. You're going for something. How good are you doing when you measure up to where you want to be? Mm-hmm. That's philosophical. But. There's one. Um, there's one more that I usually I, I like to do. And instead of, and it's not like an authoritative one. It's not a. Uh, it's not really one for our prospects. It's actually one for uh, our current clients. Um, sometimes you get the same questions asked that aren't necessarily, they don't really affect your bottom line. So like they aren't questions related to a specific service, um, but you're tired of explaining it. So um, one thing to do is just to uh, write basically the whole process out, like how to do this. And then like, mm-hmm. like one is, well, one that I want to work on is like how to optimize your own Google business listing. There's probably like a thousand of them out there already, like a thousand pieces of content, but like how to optimize your Google business listing for x or when your location is this or whatever Mm -hmm. and then because people do ask the question like how do i claim my google business well that could be included in there and then also like how to optimize it but at the same time if our clients are asking this like how are you guys gonna optimize this just read this (laughs) like i'm not gonna send you a three paragraph email again um and um that's that's uh, the other one that's really helpful but uh but moving on to like what you should publish because I almost feel like I've covered like literally everything. Or like, what else could there be? Um, there's a lot of other topics that we publish in magazines that just don't really fit the um, the audiences coming to us, but they do fit our audiences. So uh, we've been published in like every U.S. industry, any U.S. staple um, 
green industry magazine. And it's always topics that are none of the above, obviously. Uh, so I'll give you a, a good example. The very first one I've ever published was in Turf Magazine in uh, like December of 2018. And it was called like nine lawn care marketing tips to prepare your, or nine marketing tips to prepare your lawn care for the uh, spring, lawn care business for the spring. And it was excellent timing. Uh, I sent it to, I, I found the editor. I sent them this pitch in early December. They published it at the end of December. That gave their readers who were doing lawn care as a business, but were doing nothing in the winter to actually read this and see what they could do in the winter. And um, there were just some tips. There were, there were things in there that we didn't do. So like, you know, any, like there were, I think there was like a postcard option, like, like to send out flyers for annual renewals. Like we don't do postcards. We don't do any of that. And it was like connect with like local chambers of commerce. We don't do anything with that either. But, um, there were other things that were in like sprinkled in there, like, uh, claim your Google business profile, build a website, optimize it, things like that. And articles like that are really good because we're like giving general information that's not necessarily specific to us, but it's not really um, a, a thing that people are searching. No one's asking, how should I market myself in the winter? People usually just assume that you don't market yourself in the winter. You, you cut expenses back, you lay low, you relax, and then you wait for the spring and you market in the spring. Um, and that was a message we wanted to push out to people versus wait for them to search it because no one's going to search it. And then it, it went crazy. Like we posted that and, uh, we're still getting leads from it. And like lawn care marketing, uh, key, the lawn care marketing keyword still ranks that article on the, like on the, in the first 10 results. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it just, it did really well. And then there were other ones like, um, in green industry, no, in um, same magazine, turf magazine, cause it did so well. I also published, um, um, an article called the flyby night guys are not taking your business. So <laughs> I don't, for some reason, like the lawn care industry goes in like different waves of being concerned with different things, uh, like throughout the different years. And in 2018 to 2019, there was like this really big concern with the flyby night guys or chucks in our trucks. And those are like, like the lawn care businesses who are just like some, uh, trailer park dude who's got a pickup truck and a push lawn mower and he's charging 20 bucks for a mow. And um, there are a lot of lawn care guys out there who were concerned that this type of business model was driving their own prices down. And so I wrote this article and said, no, that's not the case at all. Um, if you're worried about these people taking your business, you're not fishing in the the same pond or you're, you're fishing in the same pond and you should be in a lake. And uh, mm -hmm. I think once I wrote that, I got, oh my God, I forgot about this. I got a, um, a message from somebody about this and it was like one of the best he said it was one of the best articles he had ever read i should find this next time you're talking i'm gonna look for it i'm gonna dig for this because <laughs> <laughs> i kept it and i was like holy cow um and uh i just you know because anytime someone says all oh, these fly-by-night guys are, are driving my prices down they're not asking a question but they are saying something in which they're wrong so this article was just like hey you're wrong but turf magazine is the only medium that I can push that to you uh, because I'm not going to pull it. I'm not going to pull you into my website with it. Um, but my name and my byline and everything like that is associated with it. So even though it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a marketing focused uh, piece, it was kind of like, a, well, this marketing company, this guy from this marketing company wrote it. I'm going to go look up this marketing company. Oh, they're focused on the green industry. This is cool. I'm going to save them for later. Uh, and then that's kind of 
but kind of like how we've delineated between what we should write on our site versus what we should push somewhere else. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I can't remember if we mentioned this before, but I do think it's important to, when you do come up with a topic, you need to review the publications too and make sure if you have a topic idea that you think is good to give to somebody else, that it does still match who their audience is. Cause if you, just because you have a good idea and you have a publication in mind doesn't mean that one, they're going to like it. And two, if they do and they publish it, that's going to be well received there. So you should make sure that you look at types of things that they've talked about before um, and find out if it's a good match. And then if you think that it will be well received to the point that it, you know, uh, does the goals of what you want it to do, most likely either one of two things, one, boost your rank, right? Cause you're gonna get the links that you want or two, get a direct response. The people who read it are going to reach out to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah no it, so uh, that's how i feel about that <laughs> yeah um there was one article that i uh wrote recently actually uh this is a good example of an article that y- you could so uh, let me back up let me let me just reground in my myself here uh another thing that you can publish on a publisher or in an industry magazine is you can repurpose the content on your site to make it unique and have it speak to the audience of another site. So one example I did of this was I took our industry benchmarks post that we just wrote two months ago and um, I made some conclusions in it in in my own article on our site. And one of those conclusions was uh, that, that uh, I discovered was the click-through rate of people that are searching is the highest in January for lawn care and landscaping services, which is weird. We did not expect that at all. The search volume and the impressions are the lowest in December and January, but the but the people that are searching are highly engaged, but the conversions in January are still super low. So they're highly engaged, but they're not taking any actions. So I drew a conclusion that in April, when everything spikes up, um, clicks, impressions, and um, uh, conversions that the people were researching in January, but not making that final action until April. Now, there are arguments out there that I could say like, well, that's just, you know, conjecture, which is true to an extent it is. Um, But uh, there really isn't another explanation for why click through rate engagement is so high in January. So what I did was I I, I contacted my contact at uh, Turf Magazine and said, hey, I um, published this, so this is really what I want to write. So I wrote a, a piece that was that said, should you stop marketing in the winter? And the whole premise of it was, no, you shouldn't. Here's why. And then it referenced the the statistics from our compilation in that, in that post. So I, I basically created a topic on top of a topic that was on my site, but then not for our, our, our specific website audience. It was for Turf Magazine's audience. And it did really well. And I still post that all the time in the winter, of course. I don't really, it's not really a summer article, but uh, um, what I really liked about that topic was uh, we already had that piece from 2018 about like nine marketing tips to prepare your lawn care business for the spring uh, that we could link to inside of that article. So it's like we're helping our own SEO on that site for that article and then just like interweaving our own pieces. Yeah, it's like the YouTube clip channel of the long form channel where you have the long form two hour podcast and they chop it and on their partner channel, they have the five minute clips where you can watch just just a section of it. 
or it reminds me of like in in like 2016 when everybody was doing the humble brag move of like it's a classic move but it works that's why people do it where you say here's a bold claim and then in the second paragraph of the article that you're writing with the bold claim you say and the reason why is it my company we did this blah 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 and then you source yours health and it works well but that's that's why it works and why people do it is because it's pretty easy and straightforward you can do it people like it it's a humble brag and it's a good one you can do it it's all up to you okay okay <laughs> mr Mackey. for those of you didn't know um we're gonna do a little bit of um podcast wizardry here and i'm gonna look for this form submission that this guy sent on this because i want to read it <laughs> and humble brag um and then i'm gonna cut all, all the silence one eternity later uh i'm actually looking in our hubspot forms because i think it came out on a form fill oh found it you didn't think i you didn't think i would found it find it did you didn't say that at all nope but you were thinking it okay so this form came in on march 2nd 2019 at 4 33 p.m cst or 1440 days ago um i <laughs> i didn't know hubspot told me that but it does um okay so Stuart, he says i just wanted to commend you on your article titled how to find quality lawn care customers in the january february green industry pros magazine i have been in this industry for 28 years and read many publications this is hands down the best article ever printed this exact information has kept my business successful and profitable from day one. It's a tough lesson to learn, but it sure works. Thanks, Stu. Do you have do you have any idea how like on top of the world I felt after reading that? Yeah, I love doing that for people too. When I read an article and I have nothing to say other than this was good. And then I reach out to them and I say, this was good. And they're like, wow, thanks. I didn't know. <laughs> you know, people don't need, like they publish stuff all the time, but you don't hear back. And then when you do, you're like, wow, someone took the time to actually reach out to me. So. Yeah, I'll have, to cool. I'll have to put my articles that I publish for magazines in in the um, the notes section of this of this episode. Um, but um, yeah, I, I still I have his email and everything. I wonder um, I wonder what he's uh, what he's up to right now. Think I need some marketing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but uh, yeah, this was um, this was really cool to see. Uh, I've I've actually I forgot about it until this episode, so it's just kind of been sitting here for a few years, but. Um, yeah, well, maybe if you actually write quality content on uh, on publications and you listen to the last episodes of, episode about getting into publications, maybe you can receive one of these too. And and it goes with what I was saying. If one person's saying it, a thousand people are saying it or thinking it. Maybe not in Green Industry Pro's uh, audience base. Maybe it's like 10, but still, like 10 out of their audience base is, is awesome. Yeah, whatever your niche is. Uh, has, anybody, has anybody said that to you about your writing? Mm. <laughs> this, this is this is hands down the best article ever written i don't know about that Stu. i <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna disagree with you on that i don't know i don't think so i don't think uh no not like that people have said like hey this is good thanks for writing it i appreciate it a lot and then they said like this was helpful thank you because I, I there's quite a few things that i've written that are technical so sometimes they'll say you know uh you were the only one who wrote this so i didn't know how to do it otherwise Almost like a dev thing. It's like when you find a forum that's 10 years old and it has the question that you know you had to some really obscure technical part of a computer 
they're like you have to go into this file and push this button you're like thank you <laughs> well, <laughs> thank that you was dragon like, lord 73 that was like yesterday when we were dealing <laughs> when we were dealing with uh, the calendly form for one of our clients like it was just not working on mobile it was just being super weird and then you found that one guy who was like yeah i just adjusted the code and instead of turning it into a script i turned it into an iframe and it like just totally fixed everything <laughs> thank like, you what? random guy on medium <laughs> Thank you. That was awesome. He doesn't even know. I didn't tell him anything. Probably should have. Probably well, like, hey, thanks. I think I think the other one that sticks out to me was the one guy you found out that um, fixed the host file issue when we were. Oh, in, with and, Windows. Yeah, yeah. That was big. That was big. We put that in documentation <laughs> when, we were, when we were documenting our processes. Yeah. We're like, people if it screws up, follow this. <laughs> people who take the time to do that are the heroes. You write an article just because it doesn't exist on the internet and you want it to be out there. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I think that's all we got. <laughs> yeah, that's all we got. Well, anyways, everybody, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you in the next episode. See ya. Thank you.